Hello and welcome to episode 37 of season 2 of the Two Hands on the Hurl podcast. I'm your host this week, TJ Mills, and I'm joined by the legend and Instagram maestro, that's Robbie Mansfield. How's things, Robbie? I'm good, TJ. Yourself, man? Uh, good, thanks. Did you have a good week? Ah, uh, yeah. Good week. Busy, busy. Kind of uh, doing a bit of work every day, uh, keeping me out of trouble. Uh, did you catch up much of the club hurling over the weekend? I won't lie, I didn't get to any of the games now. I just caught I was following them on Twitter and watched the repeats here um tonight, Monday and that on the television and yeah, I try to get out next weekend and shocks are playing, so yeah, I get to that game. It's local a kind of local rivalry. There's a parish in between, but uh against Saints Fort next week, so that'll be a big game. Going for hat trick wins this year, so hopefully we can continue it and yeah I won't like kind of having uh hurling withdrawals and that as well so um I took a step back from training as well there um things happened in the past so yeah uh, venturing in to new areas again kind of way and uh yeah good week back with mocker and that as well so busy busy Mockery in the firm, and are you, are you going to be uh, organising some events soon for Mockery? Yeah, no, it's um, involved with a committee there in Kilkenny. It's, uh, Just explain there. Mockery to people who don't know what it is. Uh, how can I do this in a really good way? Uh, Mockery <laughs> is, it's a, it's a country organisation. I mean, an awful lot of people think that it's solely for farmers, but um, it's completely the opposite yeah there are farm activities and that but there's um a real social aspect to it as well and a competitive kind of like tinder for farmers no uh well <laughs> i remember that comment being made by uh, a former president and uh, james healy and uh yeah it wasn't well received but yeah i mean they are a certain aspect they are events that take place and uh people meet people an awful lot of couples and an awful lot of marriages emerged uh, from it so i wouldn't maybe go down those strong lines they are another aspect to it from the social i mean there's an educational aspect there's um like i'm saying there's a competitive aspect tag rugby hurling football um debate and drama um like there was a lip sync a couple of year ago rainbow group from Kilkenny one of those involved with it and uh yeah it's events like that and um different aspects and it's really it's really fun like it's open for 18 to 35 and even beyond that as well so um it's yeah it's good and it's great to be have it back there the events aspect, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Like I was saying, I'm on a committee. We're planned for next year uh, for a festival in Kilkenny, the Mister P Festival, and um, that'd be it'd be kind of similar to the Rosa Trelli, but for males in a sense. That's the um, it's kind of uh, there are representatives from every county, and then there are other events. The likes of the Queen of the Land takes place in Tullamore in uh, November. Miss Mocker in Tipperary. Queen, uh, sorry, um, uh, Miss Blue Jeans and Meat that takes place around June Bank Holiday weekend, and then there's social aspects as well within clubs and county as well. Um, we're kind of lucky in Kilkenny that kind of even though they're separate clubs, they're um, we're kind of all the one in a sense. It's we there's a competitive aspect when you're competing against other clubs, but we're all good friends anyway and it'd be the same with other counties as well and if anyone was interested in joining definitely go for it because um yeah it's a great social outlet and uh like i was saying there's educational aspects as well uh trying new things and also um it's challenge yourself as well that's basically i don't Thank think you. i could sell it anymore i hope i didn't no, i think you sold it pretty well there <laughs> Uh, we move on before I dig a hole here anyway Robbie and the Premier League is back in full swing completely after the international breaks um, yeah Saturday kind of really uneventful in a sense Arsenal got their first win in the campaign against Burnley could that be a start something for Arsenal Robbie yeah it could be a good uh, good for them to push away from the relegation zone you know hopefully they can uh get up to mid-table safety, you know. I think uh, 
you know, Arsenal are going to be fighting for their lives this season, I think, no? Yeah. One surprise there would be, and I'd agree completely, I think Arteta's job is far from safe now and it will take a couple of major wins. Um, Man City against Southampton, nil all on Saturday. Jeez, that's a surprise. I mean, reigning champions signing Jack Grealish, all of that. You'd be expecting more. Now, that's no disrespect to Southampton. Yeah, well, I had like Armstrong and Grealish in my fancy team, so I was like, "Here, we're gonna gonna get a few goals here, gonna get a few assists, uh, but nothing." And uh, <laughs> I had to re- refresh my fancy football a few times. I was like, "Can't kind of finish nil all, like you know what I mean?" So, um, yeah, kind of. There's a few teams have made a really, really strong start, and it kind of seems like um, there's already a bit of a pack developing at the top. Um, so I think like last year City kind of got away with um, Liverpool were kind of going well and then it kind of imploded a bit and there was no real kind of strong team and they went on a bit of a run. But I think this year, the way it's shaping up, you want to be on your game every week in, week out or you could find yourself um, playing catch up very quickly. Yeah, I oh, know, definitely. Um, it's it's amazing the difference that, I mean, Van Dijk and Kanate had a, a brilliant performance for Liverpool. I, now I'm not going to harp on, everyone knows I'd be biased in saying it, but 3-0 win against Crystal Palace, it, it was good. But I think the big difference is the security in defence, but I, I would be a firm believer that we will have to make a sign in, in the January transfer market. Um, Everton... 3-0 defeat Tassin Villa Benitez is um, kind of honeymoon period is over already is it Robbie? Yeah, I think so I think um, Everton are a big club and they, they probably don't give out um, the honeymoon period it probably doesn't last too long especially for a former Liverpool manager um, yeah, but, you know everyone thought you know Grealish going to City that um, Villa wouldn't be doing too well but they're you know, kind of hanging in there and uh, Danny Ings was a good signing for them uh, he was in my fantasy football last year and he got me a good few points. So he's a, he's a good, very good signing for them. And the question was, would he kind of do the same um, at Villa uh, in a new new surroundings and stuff like that? And he, he's doing really well. So, um, yeah, I think Everton are very much like a win one, lose one. They're just very inconsistent. Um, and there's kind of, like I was kind of saying, there's a kind of a pack developing, you know, top four or five. And then there's another pack kind of after that that's quite solid as well. So um, in order to kind of stay in there, you have to be really consistent and stuff. And everything just, they just don't seem like they're going to be consistent enough or maybe Benitez isn't getting them playing, you know, a good defensive style, which he's kind of renowned for. So uh, maybe that, that just might take a bit of time to, to bet in and he could become a cult hero at uh, Everton and Liverpool. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, after what he done, even though the rivalry there, I mean, you look at, say, the commemorations with Hillsborough, it's kind of the one city to come together. And I mean, the rivalry and that, but what Benitez done with Liverpool, you have to respect the man. You'd like to do him, like to see him doing well, uh, but not overshadow Liverpool either. But uh, yeah, no, they, I mean, they are hardcore um, supporters would have been kind of forgetting everything uh, Benitez done for Liverpool and I definitely wouldn't be one I think he deserves respect same with Brendan Rodgers with Leicester as well um, legends that you'd have to uh, you'd like to see do well um, other results uh, Lee won't be happy with this Brentford uh, defeated Wolves 2-0 and another <laughs> one on Saturday sorry I had it there uh, Watford defeated Norwich Big result yesterday, Robbie, was hammering of Tottenham Hotspur by Chelsea 3-0. I mean, the real kind of the Harry Kane factor staying with Tottenham, the the good work they've done in the early games is kind of gone now. And could they be in a slight bit of trouble or am I overhyping the Chelsea defeat a bit? Uh, no, I think maybe you're underhyping Chelsea. Chelsea looking really good and uh, Tuchel has them playing really well. And I think I would read a stat there that was in their last six games against the top six clubs and they haven't lost or they've won most of them or something like that. So, you know, he's not only beaten, you know, the regular teams, but he's, you know, he's putting all the other teams away as well. So 
And the thing is with Chelsea, it's such a basic basket case of a club sometimes that, you know, even if a manager's doing really well, they you know, their, their job could be in jeopardy. But um yeah, I think Tuchel hasn't played well and Lukaku's been a great signing. Um and he's gonna be banging in the goals left, right, and centre. Although just to go back to the fantasy football again, he was in my team and he did score. It's kind of a poor week for me. <laughs> Bad week for me in the fantasy football. So I need to make a few uh, a few changes or whatever. Uh, I had a look at you. You're kind of you're flying high in our in our little league we have there. Yeah, no, I had a slow start, but uh, yeah, no, I dropped a few points early on. I had to, I I kind of panic early on, but yeah, I think I'm. Uh, settle now for the moment, but in saying that, I could be making a few changes towards the weekend. <laughs> yeah. And Trent Alexander Arnold didn't play, which was uh, I seen he was in a few people's fantasy football teams. So that was uh, you know, I was like thinking definitely he's going to get an L assist here or maybe banging a free kick, but he didn't even play. So uh, it's just nothing worse than that when your guy doesn't even play when you put him in your starting team. Yeah, no, it was it was disappointing. Now I heard it was due to illness, and or hoping it was, and um, the dreaded COVID. But uh, I didn't hear anything since. Um, I'm actually looking it up here now at the moment. But yeah, he would have been a dead cert to pick up a few points. Um, but yeah, no, hopefully, hopefully it's not in serious that he he will be back. Um, just actually just checking to see if there's any news. Uh no, I can't say. So as they say, no news is good news. Um yes, yeah, Stevie Carl actually who's on with us on the podcast last week. Thanks a million again, Stevie. You'd be happy with Chelsea win. Uh Leicester were defeated two one to Brighton and Hove Albion. But before we move on, Robbie, Manchester United lucky against West Ham two one and uh Noble who was brought on to Take penalty kick for West Ham missed it. He was substituted on specially to take the penalty kick. But is the honeymoon uh, period slightly over? I know Ronaldo scored, but Solskjaer had a t- uh, had a real tough decision subbing off Ronaldo last week, and I think he was kind of hesitant. Um, again the weekend could there be a bit of difficulty there? We're going to be talking about another player in a minute, but um. Is it is it a danger with the big signing signings for managers? Yeah, um, especially like you know someone of Ronaldo's uh, stature in the game. Like, and you know he's kind of an elder statesman. Like he's kind of you know coming towards the end of his career, and um, you, you could imagine that he has you know great pull in the dressing room. There was a story about that. Um, none, none of the United players at any of the desert at training uh, because he didn't take any so they're all kind of sitting up and watching Ronaldo and if Ronaldo was to say you know he doesn't rate Solskjaer then the whole the whole um, like backroom staff are probably going to turn on him like you know the way so he has like you know the power and the potential to make or break Solskjaer um, whether he will or not or I suppose if he if he sees Solskjaer doing something wrong he'll call it out Um but yeah, it's like massive pressure when you bring bring in uh, Ronaldo or Messi. We're going to talk about in a little bit, and you take them off. You know, <laughs> you're going to have uh, like all the newspaper columns and social media kind of in in a whirlwind. You know, so um, yeah, it's it's a massive pressure for Solskjaer, and he was he's always kind of seems like he's um, a few games away from maybe potentially losing his job anyway. So this could keep uh, extra pressure on him. Yeah, no, the homecoming might be the. The uh, nightmare for Solskjaer down the line, but we see how it plays out. As you mentioned there, Robbie, um, about big players and being substituted. Lionel Messi snubbed uh, Potichino, um after he was taken off in PSG's 2-1 win over Leon. Um, do you think that could be a headache there for Potichino, or is Potichino a different animal to Solskjaer? Uh, yeah, I think he's kind of different. I think he'll probably have more confidence in himself. Um, he did a good job at Spurs, um, and he's, he's got a massive job in PSG there. So I think he'll have a bit more confidence in himself, possibly than Solskjaer. Or maybe I'm just not giving Solskjaer enough credit there. But um, it was definitely a, an icy affair when he was subbed off, and uh, there was a, a great meme going around of uh, Messi going off because they call. Um, the French League, the Farmers League, and then it was like Pochettino saying that's enough farming for today. So <laughs> that was uh, that was kind of funny. But um, 
yeah, like I suppose like there's lots of superstars. Ash, uh, PSG got Neymar and Mbappe, and like it's very difficult to probably keep all these guys happy and stuff. Um, and you know maybe PSG kind of have that luxury that maybe United don't that um they can they can sub off the life of, like sort of uh, Messi and they've got um they still have Ronaldo or still have uh, Neymar and uh, Mbappe on the field, you know. Yeah, I know that's very true. Um, I I don't know. We were chatting last year, um, on the podcast, and it's one thing I can't stand. Whether no matter what level it is, uh, if whether it's GA soccer or whatever, no matter how good a player is or what they're worth, I think they have to show respect to a manager. And I know, going back to my own club, Liverpool, um, Manny wasn't happy with Klopp at times, but Klopp was able to deal with it. Um, and as you say, Potocino has a pedigree. He has a good track record and all of that. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I just don't like it. I mean, if you have a manager that that's, has you there and in other words, is kind of keeping you in a wage, I think you, they deserve more respect. But I wouldn't say be the last we be chatting about this robbery. Uh, Robbie, I say to be a few few maybe other things with the top players again that we'll be chatting about. Uh, we move on, on anyway, Robbie, from the soccer to the top picks this week, and I'll let you take it first. Yeah, um, this one is uh, just kind of a music one. Um, it's called, it's by Sturgill Simpson, um, and it's Cutting Grass Volume 2. Uh, and it's kind of a weird name for an album, but um. He has Cutting Grass Volume 1 as well, you should check it out. But this one is kind of, they're both like reworkings of um, a lot of his songs. It kind of rejigging and reformatting of a lot of his music and stuff. Um, and kind of using uh, more kind of older type uh, instruments and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so it's kind of, it's uh, great music whether you're out there uh, grass cutting or not. Um and the next one is kind of a nerdy one. I was actually watching it with my son the other day. <laughs> I have to confess this one. It was um, on Netflix. It was like um, Bosch Battles. So I don't know if you've watched uh, Robot Wars before, have you? Uh, kind of. There used to be a program years ago on Skyward, kind of Robot Wars or something. Yeah, like it's super yeah. nerdy stuff. Uh, <laughs> and it's like super cringy as well. Like the people on it are like, if you think I'm a nerd, these guys are like complete nerds. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just interesting because these people, they, you know, they just make their own like mad robots and invest like massive amount of money into into these robots and stuff. And then they kind of um, go to battle in this arena stuff. And uh, in, in the show, they have the, it's like the biggest uh, bulletproof, um, bulletproof room in the world because uh, they have to have it so secured in case, you know, like bits are flying off the robot and stuff like that. So um yeah, quite nerdy, but uh, that would be uh, makes it into my picks of the week. Yeah, no, sounds good, Robbie. Um, going back to your first one with the grass cutting, we have no more of that anyway. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> very good. <laughs> Maybe the pun was a bit late there and terrible as well. No, no, I think that was good one. Uh, yeah, my picks this week is a program I would have mentioned on the podcast. Um. I think last year, Sex Education on Netflix, the third season of That's Out. I won't lie to you, I watched about 10 minutes of the first episode the other day and then the phone rang and I haven't got back to it since. But my God, was it juicy at the start. Like, so <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know how it gets away um, because it would have kind of a teenage, um, what would you say, a teenage pull to it. But um, yeah, no, it's it's yeah, it's kind of cheesy, but it's uh, it's funny. Like, so, yeah, that's on Netflix as well. And uh, second one is two artists Um, more excited about one than another. And there are rumors of concerts in Ireland next year. Bruce Springsteen is rumored to play Cork and Nimerick towards the end of next April. And that is something that I want to go to. Um. It'd be a toss of a kind between either city. We might might rope Jack into Limerick or, um, if not Cork, anyway, Parky Cueve. And the second one is Garth Brooks. The saga from, what, seven years ago could be coming back again. He wants to play Croke Park uh, next September. Um, yeah, I'd go see Garth Brooks. I won't lie to you. I'd, I'd like a, a few of his songs and that, but... Um, 
if it was a toss for kind between Gart and Bruce Springsteen, there's only one winner, and I wouldn't be dancing in the dark anyway with that. Um, so that's top picks this week. Uh, we move on anyway, Robbie, and it's a thing that popped into my head the other day. Um, I would have heard it maybe a year or two ago on the radio, and I thought it created a good discussion. Uh, things that would happen on TV or films that are unrealistic in real life. Yeah, um, I think I was just kind of thinking off the top of my head was, you know, like in particularly in like American TV shows where like they have like this table like absolutely rammed with food, yeah. and then just like you know grab a slice of toast and run out the door. It's like that would never happen. No. <laughs> First of all, that your parents would be up making like a massive feast for breakfast. And I think it never really could kind of depicts like the, the chaos, the absolute chaos and carnage and everybody falling out with each other uh, when you try and get people ready for school. And um, another thing in particular, I always used to amaze me was like on Home and Away um, that everyone just seemed to have so much time in the morning. These people must get up at like half five in the morning uh, that they have all this time to just be arsing around and having the chats and just kind of standing there in the PJs having the, having the orange juice and stuff. So, um, yeah, definitely. I think uh, it's very rare you probably see an accurate depiction of um, the school run or people getting ready for work and stuff. Yeah, no, I'd agree completely with you. Actually, sorry, I'm going to go slightly off topic. I meant to mention it in the top pick, even though it is in the top pick, and it actually would have led me to thinking up this topic as well. Um, John Chalice, um, he played Bicey in Only Fools and Horses, uh, died yesterday. I'd be a huge fan of Only Fools and Horses, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought he was an exceptional character. He uh, was in a spin off as well, The Green Green Grass, written by uh, John Sullivan, the same person that wrote Only Fools and Horses as well. But uh, yeah, just kind of pay tribute to him because I thought he was um, an exceptional character actor and meant to be a really, really nice person in uh, real life as well. Um, so it's just when um, I thought is the reason why I thought up this topic, I said I'd give a shout out to John Chalice there. Um, the one, going back to the topic, I was watching Only Fools and Horses the other day and this is how it came into my head. How are they always a parking space outside wherever that person wants to go to? Can you imagine driving into Kilkenny or Dublin or Watford, Limerick, Cork, wherever, and they're a parking space right outside that you have loads of room, no bollocks in the rain trying to parallel park or anything, and a parking space there? Like, just doesn't happen. Yeah, this is very true. And you never see them like driving around for five minutes, you know, arsing around trying to get the trying to get spaces and uh, cursing uh, people uh, under their breath uh, in the car trying to get spaces and stuff. Yeah, definitely, a hundred percent agree with you on that one. And um, I was trying to think, I forget the other one. Yeah, if you remember you're on about breakfast and all of that. How many mothers, or wives, or partners, or whatever? as you say, we'll get up early in the morning and have about 200 pancakes ready. <laughs> Who the fuck is going to do that? Like? Some Amer- American soccer mom, apparently. I don't know. <laughs> well, if she's single, I want to marry her. <laughs> yeah. because... I need pancakes for you. <laughs> yeah. Have to watch the carbs, though, boy. <laughs> Um, another one is do you know the love scenes and I'm not on about say the physical aspect but do you know say the 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 it's raining out and uh, you have two people that maybe after coming back together or something you could imagine that in Ireland like you could yeah. imagine because the, the person would say to you will you ever fuck off <laughs> like, <laughs> but uh, yeah yeah and uh yeah, no, it's it's just maybe maybe that's why films and TV are so popular. They take you away from the actual reality. Um, yeah, I, I would have said as well probably before that you don't get as many cheesy lines in real life. But then anyone who's been around me knows that cheesy lines kind of happen a lot. Or you know, like yourself with the puns, or you know, coming in with the jokes and stuff like that. So you know, maybe that maybe that is maybe that is uh, something that TV uh, accurately um, portrays. You know. Yeah, no, that's that's very true. Um, 
yeah, hundred percent cheddar there. Uh, but uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, there's so many I can think of, but um, I honestly can't get another one to the top of my head now. But it just it, it's yeah, like I'm saying, maybe it's a situation they're trying to take away. I mean, but then you look at some of the Irish sitcoms and all of that. I think the one that would have been closest would have been out in the mid 2000s pure mule it would have been set in awfully and i think that's the perfect um adaptation of what irish life is like like um there's yeah, one actually just thought of there was uh like uh someone giving birth yeah i think that never never really accurately portrayed in a movie or in a tv um i remember actually i this one just kind of really stands out in my mind because um uh, I have four kids um, that um, there was this one in, in Desperate Housewives and she just literally like kind of like sighed and that the baby came out and I'm like hold on a fucking minute that is not how it fucking happens um, yeah. yeah so I think definitely they kind of definitely butchered the whole birth thing they don't, don't get that uh, correct at all I don't think yeah no that's well being honest i have no kids myself but from here and from friends and that yeah i think the only one that kind of really showed was, and i'm not going back to only fools and horses again was when delboy and raquel um and raquel was given birth to their son i mean they they were meant to have been a fierce laugh in the making of it but she actually went berserk like absolutely went berserk and I think that would have been maybe the only kind of realistic. Um, and I mean, then you look at, say, the sex scenes in films or TV. It's just, I mean, no, <laughs> I mean. Um, and then, I mean, you look at the drinking, say, some of the drinking culture, especially, do you know, say the, like, if you look at, say, teen movies or, do you know, say, early adult um, movies you know say college f- frat parties and all of that mm-hmm. just had a good few kind of college parties rag weeks and all of that who the fuck can afford to have a top band in their back garden or in their yeah it's real kind of american pie stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah yeah or waking up the next morning after a severe session and you're as fresh as a daisy like I mean, yeah. if you definitely had a, used to be feeling a bit rough after an Irish session, anyway, for sure. Oh, definitely. You, you'd have the, the graph for a breakfast rolled, and then two seconds later, you'd be nearly puking your ring up. Like, yeah. you know I mean? <laughs> but uh, not to make the listener sick anyway, maybe there's something we can come back to again. But uh, yeah, no, mm-hmm. brilliant points, Robbie. And uh, yeah, I think the view is some things aren't true to real life anyway uh we move on to the next topic and it's a brilliant one you came up with robbie which sports stars deserve a documentary uh i'll let you take this one first yeah well i think of kind of an obvious one would be uh i know they do like uh locker gale um, and they do that really well it's a really great program but um i think you know we probably all deserve one on uh on henry shefflin definitely from an irish uh point of view um kind of going really in depth into his life and, you know, and then come, you know, really like in depth interviews and like going like with the, the guys who he kind of hurled against and the rivalries and all that sort of stuff. I think, um, yeah, that's definitely one I, I'd love to see. And actually the one that kind of posts that, um, I kind of came across was it actually kind of had Michael Schumacher in the picture. I know he's after, you know, going through a lot with, um, with a skiing accent and all that sort of stuff, and he's lucky to be alive. Um, yes, that that could be you know another great angle for the documentary as well. And he was so dominant for so long. I know uh, Lewis Hamilton is uh, shooting lights out now at the minute, but um, you know Michael Schumacher was a top top uh, Formula One driver for so long, and um, you know, probably one of the most. He probably brought Formula One you know definitely to my attention anyway. So um, yeah, those are two kind of off the top of my head. There, do you have any yourself? Yeah, no, they're brilliant ones. Are, are there talks of a Michael Schumacher um, documentary on Netflix, or am I imagining it? Um, yeah, possibly. That's probably why the, the Post had it up, I'd say, maybe. Yeah, I know. I, I thought I heard something. Now, I could be completely wrong. Um, but, yeah, he would have been... I, I kind of strayed away from i used to be a big formula one uh, fan when i was younger uh, yeah there's actually a film on netflix um it's coming out soon um but 
yeah i i'd agree with what you're saying i'd like to see do you know one that i think be really good to be one just on the entire mayo um situation i mean it's a, it's like it's a depressing shape- though <laughs> Yeah, it's like a Shakespearean tragedy, like, but I mean, I think they deserve the respect because, I mean, you go to the well so many times and come up short, and I'm not just on about the current crop of players, you're talking 70 years of hurt, or maybe, like, there's, maybe I'd be biased in saying this as well, there were some terrific leash hurlers, the likes of Pat Critchley, um, Players like that, players that may not have won in All Ireland. One of the best, Larker uh, Gale, and I know I said that wrong. I sinus is killing me tonight. Um, was on, do you know Seamus Starby of Offaly? And yeah. I mean, he got to win it. For anyone who doesn't know, he got to win goal um, against Kerry in nineteen eighty two uh, to deny Kerry the five in a row under Mick O'Dwyer, and. Um, he he went through everything. I mean, he kind of, he mentioned about how his life went kind of off the rails after scoring the goal, where people would be just kind of focusing on, oh, you, you, you be a cult hero, which he was, but it kind of affected him a bit as well. And I thought that was really good. And maybe say some of the, I won't say lower down heroes, but I mean, people that may not be in the limelight, the likes of, I'm not sure if there were one on Ken McGraw of Watford. I mean, Ken McGraw was an absolute legend of a hurler. And um, like you will eventually see then looking at, say, Latterday, you'd love to see one. They wore one, I know, uh, made on Katie Taylor, but you'd love to see one kind of folks in, in maybe 10 years time on our professional ranks um as well um and something like that um another one and i think he may be possibly want to be up there with one of the greatest Irish sports stars to be parry carrington um like parry carrington would have bring an irish golf to uh, i think a new level i know they're darren clark there shane lowry roar mcelroy now graham mcdowell but I think Parry Carrington would have been one of the kind of the ringleaders of the re-emergence of Irish golf as well. So, and then being Ryder Cup captain as well. I know he wasn't the only Irish player, but um, Paul McGinley done it. Um, but yeah, something like that. But I'd like to see something even. If you take, for example, example the Wicklow footballers, there've been some legends played football for Wicklow as well. Um, yeah, sure. Just on the golf thing, you could uh, go like a Tiger Tiger Woods one. You could do like a real like uh, last dance uh, Michael Jordan style uh, documentary about um, Tiger Woods as well. Yeah, no, it, that'd be br- brilliant. I mean, like Tiger Woods would have been a hero of mine growing up. Um, I was lucky to see him playing in real life in Mount Juliet. Very lucky back in the American Express Championship back in the early 2000. I think it was around 2003. And I mean, seeing him up close and then another hero would have been Lee Westwood um, from England. And yeah, I think the Tiger Woods one would be a real one because similar, say, to the Seamus Darby, there's a different aspect he like Tiger Woods was a superstar and still is a superstar and hopefully he will be able to come back from the injuries he's sustained in the car crash. But I mean, even the back issues he had um, and then the the troubles away from that as well. Um, so yeah, that'd be really interesting now. Um, there's another one I thought of and I can't. It's after going out of my head completely. Um, no, yeah, it's gone completely now. But yeah, I think I think kind of the what you'd love to see is stories of people that kind of had to work their way up. And I think to be a great one if if he could win another couple of majors. I know he won the um UK Open or the UK Open, Shane Lowry. But I'd love to see one on Shane Lowry in a few years' time, hopefully being able to add to the trophies he won. Um, 
because he had to work from the the bottom up like his parents yeah. sacrificed his um parents so, took on extra jobs to to support him bring him around and all of that and you kind of like to see now i'm not saying an underdog story but i mean to win the irish open as an amateur was a terrific achievement like so um there's actually so many they really are but yeah. you know, love to see the ones where they actually had to work for great yeah they didn't kind of have too privileged of a, a background and stuff exactly exactly and rory McIlroy would be slightly like that as well he came up from uh rory McIlroy would have i would have listened to an interview before the irish open and he was on about um been down in Main Jewel at the same time the American Express and seen Tiger Woods and then going to see Tiger Woods ahead of I, I not sure if it was the Masters, but um going to see Tiger Woods and kind of getting encouragement off him even though he saw him as a young young kid when he was amateur at about fifteen, sixteen or younger to be up there with him getting advice and kind of motivating Tiger Woods as well slightly because it would have been around the time that he came back as well so yeah it'd be stories like that where they had to work it's like you know the film The Blind Side yeah yeah which uh, anyone who doesn't know Liam stars in The Blind Side where Liam is meant to be a, a doppelganger for uh, Michael Orr I never thought of that, but yeah, now you say it. <laughs> just, ask, just ask Liam there, he'll tell you all about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think no, he's I'm... now he has a comparison uh, picture, I think he has. <laughs> I know, be, uh, I couldn't disagree with that now. Uh, we move on anyway, Robbie, because there's so many um, documentaries that we could think of there, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I know it's it's some brilliant, some brilliant uh, ideas there. We move on to maybe a depressing one and hopefully it won't happen. <laughs> Are the chances of a World War Three taking place and it could possibly be against China? Yeah, uh, just kind of uh, sparked from a story of um, the US, UK and Australia have kind of uh, signed an alliance that's kind of trying to curb um, China's influence and stuff. So they're kind of, they're having a very much a, an opposition to China. So um yeah, and no, I suppose China aren't going to take that, you know, too easy or on the chin or whatever. So it could could signal kind of rising tensions. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, when the shit hits the fan, it's going to hit it pretty big and pretty bad, you know, in a way. So, um, and we're right beside the UK as well. So we could be in, in, the, in the firing line quite literally. Yeah, like, would they, would they really want to tackle China, though? I, I won't let on that I, I have an interest in politics and all of that, but um, I wouldn't have kind of the likes of world politics in a sense. But would, would they really risk starting a war against the likes of China? Like, it, it, they done it in Afghanistan, they done it in Iraq. Um and you can see, but I think that's slightly different. I mean, you look at superpower that China is. Could you you look at say the blockade of the Suez Canal, and you can see the implications from that. Um, you look at say the implications from the coronavirus with the price, uh, the resale value of second-hand cars now they're gone sky high because of lack of microchips because of the lockdown due to the coronavirus could the world economy actually risk a war against china would it i mean would it cause more damage to the rest of the world than it would actually china and would there be the army capacity there for it yeah like i don't think they're they're going to start something with china or like that but maybe the fact that they're they're kind of protecting themselves and and seeing it as a potential threat maybe further down the line is you know possibly worrying you know so um yeah but definitely uh well it could be good in you know in the economy if you're selling if you're selling guns and bombs it'd be a good economy or whatever but um yeah yeah <laughs> i think they were saying that's what um brought america out of the great depression as well with uh building up for for world war Two and stuff like that and all the manufacturing and and that sort of thing you know so um yeah so like but hopefully it's something that you know 
they can kind of reach some sort of agreement on and and uh, back off the tension or whatever. But uh, I think probably China aren't really the type of country that are going to take anything lying down, and they think they can take on everybody economically or in any other way. Like so, um, you know, if if this is an alliance on one side, maybe China are going to be working on an alliance on their side, and that could be, you know, even <laughs> a kind of a buildup of uh, a lot of tension, a lot of. Uh, a lot of power on both sides, you know, but hopefully, um, hopefully the shit doesn't hit the fan. Cause if it did, it would say it's going to be pretty, uh, pretty messy. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I think it'd be catastrophic. I mean, you look at what's happening at the moment, there's talks and I'm not going to go too far down the rabbit hole, but you look at say the rise in energy costs in Ireland at the moment and everything. I mean, I think it'd be complete decimation altogether. Um, one thing before we move on, Robbie, is France recalled their ambassadors from the US and Australia. It was a contract they had signed called the Angus Pact, A-U-K-U-S. And it was where Australia and America were going, to, along with the UK slightly in the background, were going to purchase submarines from France. But it seems that um, Australia and America... Now, I don't know 100% about it, but the gist I got of it is that America and Australia, slightly with UK, pulled out of it. Could you see kind of a big implication there between American and European relations as a result of that? Um, because France are a major part of the European Union. Yeah, um, I suppose Europe would be another kind of superpower as well in their uh, European Union. And you know, you'd be also quick to forget that maybe UK has left the EU. So, um, and they seem to be shoring up their alliances and stuff. So, um, yeah, and as you know, because we're in the European Union, we're we're trading as the European Union. Uh, so, any sort of a you know, any sort of a slight on any European Union country from an American standpoint. Um, or Australian or whatever, that doesn't kind of bode well. Um, yeah, so we maybe, do you think uh, European army is the solution, do you think? Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a difficult one because if you look at, say, Irish neutrality, I mean, to be a real, it'd be a real headache for the, well, the Irish people will have a view, but I think it'd be a real headache for the Irish government because I think one of the, uh, resistance that'll be within Ireland for a European army is Irish neutrality and they were kind of question marks over um Ireland joining the United or not the, um NATO was it? Uh, sorry? NATO was it or NATO, sorry, I was gonna say the UN, but we uh, Irish do peacekeeping. Yeah, NATO. Um, they were kind of implications. Well, would that affect Irish neutrality? And could they kind of um, create sanctions or whatever, or declare or anything like that um, as a result? But what language um, would the Euro European Army have, though? Maybe they could have Irish. Maybe that could be a, a bargaining chip we could have if you give us uh, the Irish language in there. Well, some Irish English are confused the shit out of some countries anyway. So yeah. <laughs> there are parts of the country, the accents, you, you would need subtitles. But uh, yeah, <laughs> that's what makes us special anyway. Uh, before uh, we go too far down the rabbit hole anyway, Robbie, it's a brilliant topic and something that you don't want to think about, especially after the past two years um, when you see what an invisible virus can do. You'd hate to see well nuclear war or anything like that happening. Um, but yeah, it's definitely something to be aware of. Anyway, uh, we move on to the world sports roundup, Robbie, and I let you take this first. NFL back, uh, are close to being back. Yeah, no, it's back. Yeah, with two week two. Um, big game on last night between the Ravens and the Chiefs, and um kind of two big superstars at quarterback, uh, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. And up until last night, uh, Patrick Mahomes had beaten Lamar Jackson three times in a row. But um, in a thrilling game, the uh, Baltimore Ravens, which is Lamar Jackson's team, they bet the Chiefs uh, by one point in the end. 
So there's lots of uh, drama and um, back and forwards and stuff like that. Um, so that's, that'd be a good one to check out on the YouTube highlights. Um, and a lot of teams had like maybe who lost uh, in the first game, won last night or teams that won the first time uh, lost uh, yesterday. So there's only seven teams left out of 32 that are still unbeaten. So um probably going into next week and beyond there won't be too many teams left unbeaten but um the there were talk of the, the Chiefs going unbeaten uh, throughout the season and possibly winning the Super Bowl uh but they lost last night so they're definitely not going to go unbeaten this year um and the other team possibly could go uh unbeaten would be the uh Tampa Bay Buccaneers um there's talk of them doing that as well with uh, Tom Brady and all the weapons he has there and such a loaded defense as well so they could go uh they could do the perfect season it's never been done um i don't think it's been done there's definitely i think the patriots they won all the regular seasons games but then they lost in the playoffs or the super bowl or something like that um but if possibly they could do it this year and another thing is i'm not a big huge golf fan as you all know bush um the Ryder cup is um definitely one that kind of gets the juice is flowing for me or, you know, whatever happens uh, about the Ryder Cup, just the rivalry. Like, I don't, like, know many golfers, but um, over the weekend, I'm going to be checking my phone and see, are Europe up, are Europe down, are, US, are USA winning or whatever. So um, definitely, like, a big, massive, uh, massive event um, going on in Wisconsin uh, over the weekend, the Ryder Cup. Yeah, no, definitely. And I mean, there substantial Irish interests there as well. Parry Carrington being captain um, Shane Lowry being um, Parry Carrington's wildcard pick as well. And um, see how Rory McIlroy um, responds as well. Um, yeah, no, I mean, there's one of the greatest rivalries around and especially when it's over on American soil as well, that really adds to it. And um, it's the one time and no offense to our American uh, listeners, but it's the one time that you just want to see, just want to see America downed. I won't lie to you. And it's healthy rivalry in sport as well. But um yeah, no, it's one of the biggest weekends in um golf in action and yeah, really looking forward to it now. Yeah, should be good. Have you any any uh, sports yourself? Yeah, I had to ride her cup down and oh, um, oh no no, you're grand, oh no, I um it's perfect. Um but uh, yeah, the second one would be the Irish ladies rugby team. We gave a mention on the podcast last weekend. We were playing Spain last Monday afternoon. And in a real surprise um, turn of events, Spain defeated Ireland. It was a real shock. Um, 8-7. But Ireland bounced back yesterday with a good win over Italy, 15-7. Italy were leading the table and it's now it's a three-way tie between Ireland, uh, sorry, Ireland, Italy and Scotland. Now, Ireland are playing Scotland this coming Saturday. And if Ireland win that by more than 10 points, they are a great chance that they'll top the group and qualify for the World Cup. Um, if they come up short, um, they'd go into kind of a, it's, I think a dressage, uh, I, or a repetage, sorry, repetage. <laughs> yes, yeah, sorry. I know I had it said wrong. I'm thinking of equestrian there. A repetage, it's similar kind of to the, what they do in rowing. Um, and yeah, no, I, I have a feeling Ireland should be able to edge home against Scotland. Um, and Vevan Parsons is just an exceptional talent. Did you see the video? It'd be worth actually if you didn't see it checking out the video of Vevan Parsons uh in the game against Italy. She she just couldn't be stopped. Like she went on one run and I don't know how many players she left in, in her midst, like and uh she's only nineteen as well and yeah, it'd be definitely worth following Ireland in that game against Scotland on Saturday. And congrats to them for bouncing back because they would have been demoralised losing Spain. No disrespect to Spain, but they're not in the Six Nations. And um, but fair play to Ireland for bouncing back. Um, if they're not else, we move on to the high ball. 
Okay, so this one might sound strange, but something popped into my head during the week as a lot of the topics do, and sometimes they don't make sense. But when we're chatting about things that are unrealistic in, say, in TV programs or films that don't necessarily happen in real life, it got me thinking, can love at first sight actually happen? Or is it just infatuation or just some kind of a a short term thing that may not develop into something long term? Um, I think it can happen. Uh, <laughs> short highball. I know. I think it could definitely can happen. Um, but like then there's like like relationships that come after. I think it's probably happens probably more times than uh, it happens quite a lot. The whole love at first sight, or maybe in lust at first sight, or whatever it happens quite a bit. Um, but then there's like the whole you know spectrum of relationships and all the ins and outs and all the all the good and the bad, the indifferent that happens in there, you know the way. So, and like, I suppose it, it de- depends whether you define it as something that lasts a long time um, and can go through the good times and the bad times. Um, so I think overall, I think it can happen and does happen a lot, but whether it actually lasts or goes, goes any sort of distance, um, it probably happens in very few cases. I'd say, what do you think? Yeah, no, it's, I'd be, it's kind of a tough one, I won't lie to you, like, there would have been a person that I was with years ago that it would kind of been slightly like that, um, but it obviously didn't last, so that's the, that's the thing, you'd be kind of questioning, is it kind of just infatuation, or is it just kind of you see something it's like a kid in a toy shop you kind of see something that you want and then it it may not be exactly what it seems if that makes sense um maybe maybe what got me thinking thinking about it is is it just the kind of a thing that you see so as you see a person and you kind of think it, it would it be kind of just a false attraction in other words if um, that makes sense is it that you see someone that you're attracted to but you don't necessarily it's kind of if you want to know me come live with me kind of way you need to get to know the person and then it could fade away yeah like definitely like people don't show the real them up front and like Maybe sometimes the first time you see someone could be on social media and you could have a heavily filtered, and I'm not just talking about like picture filters, uh, it could be a heavily filtered view of who they are and what they are and that sort of stuff. And like, you're never really going to get to know someone unless you can live with them and go through good good and bad times and stuff. Um, I think maybe what might make more sense is maybe love at first meeting, if you know what I mean. So yeah. obviously like you see someone, they're like, yeah, they're, they're really hot or whatever. And then when you actually interact with them and then there's that sort of like a back and forward of like that you just like each other um, or maybe you just like that person or whatever. But um, yeah, like if he's both, if it's a bit of a back and forward, there's a bit of a, you know, a flirty sort of like, you know, you like each other and you both know it, but it's not actually being said sort of thing. So maybe that might be more of a thing that, that would, um, have a better potential to go the distance rather than because you could meet someone and think they're really attractive and then you're talking to, to them for a few minutes and they're like uh, yeah they're they look good but you know is it going to be or uh, could it be a relationship you know in the future you know maybe not in a way so maybe like love at first meeting maybe it doesn't sound as cool but uh that might be more accurate yeah are we like and why I would have kind of tying it in with the topic about kind of unrealistic. It may work in other countries, but would it work in like? Does it work in Ireland? Like, are we too? Why would Why would it work somewhere else in my hair? Well, I mean, maybe, and I hold my hands up, speaking for myself here, but we're not as open as other countries. What I mean is you could have someone that would be that would like someone and you could have two people that would like each other 
but neither make the first move. And if you look at, say, if you compare that to, say, TV bro- programs or films, you kind of hardly ever see that. You see people open. And I think if you take, for example, America or France or Italian, they seem more open to express their feelings than the Irish. Yeah, definitely. Probably there's a traditional Irish thing where we don't uh, express our feelings that well. Um but I think definitely there's, you know, in terms of someone making a move, uh, like maybe like years ago, you could have someone who's just really, or two people that are really shy and they don't really go the extra step to maybe be in a relationship unless they're, you know, uh, heavily lubricated with some alcohol. You know, I think yeah. that's kind of, um, you know, maybe if there wasn't uh, as much, uh, probably a lot of relationships are formed from someone having a few drinks and saying what the hell and going for it rather than like if they're sober they mind so i think definitely like other countries would have would be braver uh without uh alcohol being in the mix but um you know maybe the alcohol is a social lubricant we need uh to keep the population of ireland going you know yeah and i won't drag on much more but i just asked this question what programs say the likes of Love Island and all of that kind of give on unrealistic expectations as well? It could have kind of create a kind of a shallow, um, I don't mean shallow, but kind of perceptions. I mean, people are more worried about what their friends think than what they're kind of hard to be telling them. Yeah, I think uh, like likes of Love Island and dating shows probably give... Um... You know, lots of ways give an unrealistic expectation of how things will go, and like in those sort of shows, like you match with someone straight away, and you know, like you're you're hanging out with them the whole time, and obviously just a whole financial incentive and celebrity incentive for people to to do those shows and stuff. Um, so like, although it's reality TV, it's not really reality TV because people are they're acting and pretending even without just not without being told what to say. You know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah, like I think the like so maybe the the first dates um program on, on RTE is pretty good because they're just two people randomly put together and then they have a bit of a chat and they decide maybe whether to like keep going or hang out or maybe go for another date or just be friends or something like that. So I think that has um maybe a greater potential to lead somewhere rather than like if you're on TV. And you have like a financial incentive to to be with somebody. You're trying to win a TV show sort of thing. So, yeah, uh, I don't know if you ever, you ever watched uh, the show First Dates. I did. And I'm going to be embarrassed to say I was asked on it one time. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Why don't you go on it? I think you should go on it. I didn't have the balls. Do it to for it. the podcast, man. I didn't have the balls <laughs> to do it. I applied <laughs> and then I said, then I chickened out Um no, it's just, I, well, being honest, it was actually going to bring me to the next point. How awkward would it be that you're actually on camera and you're being shot down? Especially, <laughs> the, I mean, it, it, that's that's what, I, I wouldn't be able to live with it. And I'm actually even embarrassed to say it was, um, someone said it to me one time, I'd do it for the crack and then I chickened out when I got the phone call about it. And, yeah, yeah. but like you know, potentially you could meet uh, the macro woman of your dreams on there, you know. So uh, <laughs> I don't know, like I think you know sometimes those things work out, and sometimes they're you know embarrassing stories, and possibly you know it could be you know a story you could tell on a potential another date. Oh, sure, I was on first dates, and sure this happened and that happened. You know, it could be a nice little library icebreaker as well in a, in a conversation, you know. Yeah, no, that's very true. And being honest, in mockery, you don't need first dates anyway. No. <laughs> uh, I know, I'm joking, I'm joking. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think we leave it at that. Some really valid points there, Robbie. And it, yeah, it's just something popped into my head when um, on about kind of unrealistic in TV and films because you would have heard it. But um, yeah, it was just interested to hear the views there. And we'd love to hear the listeners' views as well. Um before we wrap up, Robbie, um, we got our stats in for listenership during the week and we're overwhelmed with um, the support we're receiving um, with the listenerships and also the interactions on Facebook and Instagram as well. We're really, really delighted. And um, 
Yeah, actually, give a shout out to, sorry, um, Bob Murphy. Um, I hope I have the first name right. I, I apologize if I don't. Bob got in contact with us during the week on Facebook as well. And we really appreciate um, uh, you interacting with us and also listening to us as well. And if you want to contact us, feel free to do so on Instagram and Facebook as well. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, yeah, thanks a million to everyone for tuning in. We're really overwhelmed with it. Yeah, and if you want uh, TJ's uh, mobile number, you can just uh, DM the Instagram there and I'll, I'll throw it out to you as well. <laughs> I had to change my number one time. It was on the internet. It was for um, an organization I was in. Um, it was actually the Komogi, and I actually had to change my number. I won't lie to you. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it'd be a real uh, severe venting process for uh, my number anyway. Um, <laughs> unless you reach certain uh, milestones that'd be well maybe what we can do is we can put application uh, a link for applications for tj's uh, phone number into uh, the bio on our instagram possibly and yeah you can, kind of, you can uh, guard about all the people who you want to have the number or not yeah i know definitely and there'd be a raffle for me snapchat then as well maybe to the <laughs> highest bidder as well <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff, but, uh, yeah before i ripped the piss out of myself too much more Robbie, i think <laughs> we leave it at that uh, yeah. as i was saying you can contact us on instagram and facebook and yeah we'd love to hear from you sorry one final thing we're also on apple podcasts as well we launched that last week as well so we're on acast spotify and apple podcasts as well and hopefully in the very near future we will um venture to youtube as well but for the moment they're the three platforms you can listen listen to us on pleasure as always Robbie thanks a million and have a good week yeah same to you Teach. have a good man good luck thanks a million. Good bye, good bye, 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 bye 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 b